360 Ed TV is brought to you by Rice Studios and Agility. Professor Denise Kirkpatrick, thank you for joining us today. Deputy Vice-Chancellor of Western Sydney University. Um, really pleased to have you spend some time with 360 Ed TV today. Just for some context, Denise, uh, in the 2015 article in the conversation, uh, Shirley Alexander and Belinda Probert explored the question, what kind of education can prepare us for the future? Fast forward to 2017, what are the key drivers that you see influencing public policy and the future of work? And potentially, potentially what factors are driving pedagogical change in your view? Yeah, so fast forward two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still have the same federal government in place. So I think we've still got some of the pretty similar public policy drivers happening there. I think what we're still, you know, finding more and more is that the world of the future and the future of work is increasingly uncertain. Mm. Um, I think we are seeing some drivers of pedagogic change, but it's still slow. Um, we're going to need to think about the role of the university, the value of a university education, the sort of questions we've been talking about for the last couple of decades, but I think they're getting much tougher. Um, you know, I think we're getting to the pointy end of some of those questions. Um, you know, the role of a university and the value of the credentials um, that universities bestow on students. Um, I think we're increasingly seeing some of questioning of that. Um, we certainly saw some pretty public reporting around, um, you know, Penguin, Ernst & Young deciding that they didn't need a university degree and they weren't looking for that, that they'd look for merit, they'd look for talent. Um, we're starting to see the consulting firms like Deloitte be a little bit more agnostic about um, the university from which they're, um, they're selecting employees. It's an interesting trend, isn't it? It's a yeah, very interesting yeah. trend and we're, you know, and it is going to be interesting and we're starting to see Apple, Google, um, some of the other consulting firms as well, um, you know, look for not just a university education but a whole set of other talents and skills. And I think it's that thinking about what are the skills for a 21st century graduate that is really going to drive the change in not just pedagogy, I think it is going to be the way we think about our educational programs. Um, I know you want to talk about micro-credentials and so on later on, um, but I think it's also about just the structure of programs and the permeability between universities, the world of work, communities and industry. The last piece you called out there about the world of work and, and I think the connectedness of the university to its, its, its local community and I think that's something that Barney, yourself and the leadership team at Western Sydney University have done particularly well. You're in the growth corridor in Australia. We there are. is so much happening in terms of um, uh, you know, evolving a, a social uh, demographic uh, and, and work profiles for that space. And the realignment of the university from where it was three years ago to where it is today, I think has been transformational. Um, which leads me to my second question. The preamble uh, in Western Sydney Uni's uh, Learning Future Plan uh, defines a concept of student-centeredness and how the university differentiates itself through the principles of innovative learning designs, experiences, environments and enablers. Um, 
Could you describe how the affordances of technology-rich virtual and physical environments can be blended to create a uniquely uh, WSU experience? Yeah, well, we're working on that. Yeah. We're giving it a lot of thought yeah. as well. And I, it, is, um, it's, it is evolving at the moment. But I think that um, for us, it's, it is very important. It's being situated in our community mm. is just central to the university that we are. Um, we are working very closely with community and industry partners in the Greater Western Sydney region and they will become at the centre of um, our students' curricula. But the, your question around you know, new technologies, virtual and so on, um, they're important through every part of the student experience, not just the learning and teaching component. Um, we know from our students that they expect us to use technologies. They expect us to use technologies uh, in the ways that they're used to experiencing them in the rest of their life. You know, make it more like my life. Um, enable me as a student to interact with you, the university, in ways that I'm familiar with, whether it's about how I choose my subject, uh, how I choose my subsequent subjects and my pathways. Um, but we also, at Western Sydney, the way that we've been thinking about uh, the uses of technology have been very much about making sure that when our students come on campus, it's worth their while. So the campus experience is the value add piece. So we will use technologies to give our students the flexibility and the convenience uh, that they need and they want, but we will also use it to provide them with experiences that we might not be able to provide normally either because they're dangerous, expensive, uh, inconvenient. Um, so we want to use technologies to create those sorts of opportunities but for us we've seen quite a long journey, blended learning, very strong emphasis on the flipped classroom at the moment but we're moving into fully online programs as well. But our view is we want our students on campus, we are a campus-based university, but when they come we want it to value add. And that's an important uh, characteristic of the Western Sydney experience that you're talking about on campus but digitally uh, connected and we understand the relationship and the experience that you're seeking and you're using those affordances in that way. Definitely, okay. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, let's use the technology. If all you're wanting to do at the moment is master a bit of content, do that. When you come on campus, we will put you in a technology-rich environment where you will interact. So you'll interact with staff, with peers, um, and in our new vertical campus and subsequent vertical campuses, you'll interact with industry partners as well. So the industry partners next door, but in our Parramatta vertical campus, the industry partners upstairs. I'll talk to you about that. We're very bit because excited I'm very about yeah, that. It looks sensational. Uh, and I've just had a, I haven't actually uh, walked the campus, but I'd love to in the future. Um, looks spectacular. Um, creating such experiences, though, means initiating and sustaining and embedding at scale curriculum and pedagogical change. What are the challenges that you believe confront staff as they embrace this change? And, does it involve a, a philosophical or a cultural move from creator to curator? Yeah, so big question there. Yep. Um, yep. Look, for, for, for staff. We've got a little time. <laughs> look, for staff, look, there are lots of challenges. Um, you know, there's what's in it for them. You know, there is the how do we incentivize this sort of change. Um, 
Academics, we know, are really busy, competing demands on their time, um, competing demands in terms of what's recognised, what's yes. valued, what's important. So um, our view is that this really is, you know, this is part of the institution, this is part of our strategic priority. Um, so as a consequence, it's been supported through a whole suite of initiatives. So. Um, we've had very strong strategic planning and strategic priorities that have driven this since around about 2012. And we've seen that evolve over time, but through all of it, there's been central support. So central support in terms of funding projects, initiatives, putting in place staff. We are starting to see kind of the realisation of the stuff we talked about two decades ago. I think we are now seeing increasing specialisation, recognising what academics bring to that learning design process and how we bring in the expertise around that supports them. So some of this is frightening for some academics. Um, you know, always the risk that the technology is not going to work, so we want to put the safety net in place, um, put as much reassurance in as possible, make it as foolproof as possible. Um, we've done a lot, as I said, strategically. So we've had strategic plans, we've had strategic initiatives projects, we've had a lot of staff training. Um, as you know, three, four years ago, we had our iPad strategy. Yes. Um, and that was a direct response to our understanding that our students weren't coming to university with the devices that they needed to be able to learn in the way they need to for the 21st century. And that, I think, as I understand it, was the largest iPad implementation at that time globally, 15,000? Uh, would have been about 12,500. 12,500, yeah. So it was a, it was a big deal. A uh, big deal. And, and you go back to that, that, that earlier comment you made about providing that richness of experience on campus uh, is so important because that's implicit to, to, uh, to, to your brand really, isn't it? Yeah, look, it is, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as I said, strategically, we had the iPad strategy um, we had that for a couple of years and we would, when we were evaluating that, um, what we were getting was some feedback. We used it, it did drive change, it drove a lot of pedagogic change. A staff member could go into a classroom and know that every student would have a device that they needed yeah. to use those rich resources. But we were getting feedback that, sorry Apple, um, the iPad wasn't necessarily the best device for every discipline area. So we shifted our strategy a little bit um, and we got each of the disciplines to identify the sort of device that they would use most often. Um, so we then went for a shift, we went iPads for some disciplines that wanted that very rich resource that the iPad brought. Um, laptops for particularly our business colleagues and the accountants. <laughs> Um, and some tablet devices in some of the other discipline areas. So um, that allowed us again to ensure that our commencing students had the, had the technologies that they needed to be able to learn effectively. Um, and people were building discipline-based activities around it. Um, so again, there's that little bit of reassurance. It's a different version of a safety net, knowing that students will actually have a device in class, that they'll have access to the resources that you want. But as you probably know, um, we reviewed that strategy as well and we, our students were already owning devices now. The world's changed in the last few years for and, us. And that's, that's a key takeaway. What we plan for and think about two years ago, 18 months ago, we need to be reviewing constantly. We, look, it is, it's a, it is a constant yeah. review. Yeah. So I will just do that last little piece around, you know, so our strategy this year was mm. to give all of our commencing students all of their core textbooks free as digital textbooks. Yeah. 
So we know that textbook purchases, huge grudge purchase for students frequently, and we heard it from our students, we heard it from their parents, from students at Open Day, they weren't even aware of the financial burden that textbooks were going to be. And increasingly, cost of higher education, students were not purchasing textbooks. We wanted to give them something that would make a difference to their learning. I didn't, uh, I was unaware of that. And I think that's an, an, an extremely um, generous benefit from an equity perspective. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're very proud of that. We're very excited about it. Students are ecstatic about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, can they can mark it. them up, they can edit them, mm. but they we know they can still buy a hard copy mm. if they want. The library still provides hard copies, um, but it does mean that every student will have all of their core textbooks for first year. So, so that so fits in the strategy piece. It, it really does. I mean, just making making those, those core texts so... Um, available. I mean, I remember when I went through, I barely opened them. Uh, primary school teacher, sorry. Yeah. Um, but we were just talking about how hard working in an earlier session, how hard working students are in Australia, 2.2 jobs, uh, just to keep the, the lights on at home. Uh, anything that gives them that, that additional support is critical. Um, I'd like to just explore, if I could, um, a really exciting initiative, which is your your um, Parramatta City uh, campus, campus. Um, that obviously has to be very central in, in terms of how you're uh, pursuing a step change uh, agenda. It it is it yeah. is. So people who know Western Sydney University mm. know that you know we've got nine campuses throughout Greater Western Sydney, um, but they're um, a child of their times, and they're often in outer suburban locations. It's not always convenient for our students to get to. So in the first, um, there, was a, there was a lot that was very innovative about going with our Parramatta City campus. We were the first high-rise building in the new um, one uh, Parramatta Square development, so kind of we led the way. Yeah. Um, we're very excited both about being in the heart of the CBD of Parramatta, as you've already mentioned, fastest growing region in Australia, a really dynamic um, we're great relationships with our industries locally. Um, we're right next door to Sydney Water already. We have some fabulous partnerships with Sydney Water. Um, but um, we've got a lot of industries coming in, um, big bank coming in in one of the buildings next door. Um, and we're vertical campus. It's a very cool, very exciting campus, really rich learning environments yeah, for absolutely. our students. But what we're really excited about as well is that um, we've got some tenants in our building and we've got tenants, um, Water New South Wales and PwC. Um, perfect tenants for a school of business to have. So we've got partners from PwC on the same floor as our high degree by research students in the school of business. We've got fabulous opportunities for internships. We've already got lots of students doing internships with PwC, um, but the opportunities for absolutely connected research opportunities as well. Getting the partners from PwC to come down, walk around, talk to our students, come and give a seminar, drop in on a student seminar, hear what else. I was going to say, how about. easy just to pick up a coffee and connect in a very yeah. informal but very insightful manner, I would think. They would see very explicitly what the students are doing Absolutely. and that what a great way to then turn around the value 
conversation we had up front about P the PWCs not wanting to uh, to necessarily uh, acknowledge the credential in the same way, but what do I need to build that value proposition? Yeah, yeah. So, smart, you know, smart, really smart. excited about yeah. And that's the first, actually, of our new vertical campuses. We're opening one in Liverpool um, next year. Yep. So at the beginning of next year, and again, in the CBD of Liverpool, close to a lot of the government departments, um, our School of Social Sciences will be one of the primary tenants in our new building in Liverpool. Um, Another all, community service hub. Or community service yeah, hub, absolutely. absolutely. And again, yeah. you know, we're wow. already we've already got great relationships, but we're yep. building those and strengthening those. So it's a great way. It's it's the research, teaching, industry, community partnerships. So they're going to be so, excited be by so what's happening. Oh, it, it, it's, it's quite it's a ride. A, it's a great place to be. I just wanted to to come back just to kind sure. of close off that strategic loop. Um, so we, last year, um, launched the very early stages of a curriculum transformation project. So putting um, partnerships is one of the things that defines Western mm. Sydney. So we're putting partnerships um, at the centre of our curriculum. Um, we're rethinking all of our curriculum, first at the undergraduate level, um, but it's building in partnerships, it's building in some of those grand challenges, the sort of meta-themes around sustainability, yep. around innovation. We've got a, a UN Centre um, for Sustainability, so linking our students through that with the uh, UN University network around the world. Um, they're already working with some of the local groups on some sustainability projects. Um, so the curriculum transformation project again, mm -hmm. um, so it's not just let's work on changing pedagogy, let's change the structure of the curriculum, let's change the way we think about pathways in, um, developing lots of new alternate pathways, recognising students are going to come from a range of different Particularly backgrounds. important for the stakeholders that, 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 that come into, uh, into uh, Western Sydney. Uh, students move in through various pathways and they from do. various backgrounds. You know, first in family, whole variety of... Well, you know, yeah, you know, first yeah. in family, such a large proportion Critical. of our students. Um, and we've, we've got such a, a diverse student population. So our students are going to bring both to their university education, but potentially to the workplace, mm. this cultural richness. Um, mm. You know, we, almost all of them speak another language at home. Um, so for employers to already have um, bilingual graduates who are speaking the languages of their communities yes. um, yep. is just such a fantastic opportunity. I was going to talk about um, uh, the way in which Western Sydney can lead um, uh, the conversation uh, against the backdrop of you know, increasingly populist rhetoric, but I think um, hearing what you've just talked about in terms of the way in which Western Sydney is re-engaging with communities that are have been doing it tough, like Liverpool, and reinvigorating um, Parramatta, which is the key business hub outside of Sydney. Uh, they're, they're the transformational things in terms of community aspirations that change the dynamic and change the conversation. Um, last question, and you've, again, pretty much covered it off. Is the four-year degree dead? Ah, oh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, Old chestnut. Uh, well, yes, it is. And I guess I was going to thought reframing that, and mm, that's please. what's the value of a university yeah. qualification. Yeah. Um, look, I think, I think still there is 
a lot of value associated with the university degree. We have a, a government that is reinforcing that. We have a lot of employers who, despite the conversation we had earlier, um, are still looking at the qualification. I think they're going to start looking at what comes with the qualification. So, um, you know, we're hearing a lot about micro-credentialing. Um, I think for an undergraduate, I think in the foreseeable future, I think some of the, the opportunities that micro-credentialing presents probably play more as a supplement or something that's mm. complementary to the undergraduate degree. It's that co-curricular learning, it's all of those value adders that our students can, can bring. And then um, employers are looking to understand. And employers are looking to understand. Yeah, and employers are looking to get some kind of sense of um, the quality of what they look like. And I think that's where if we start to drive the micro-credentials um, and using the technologies to verify some of, some of those. So I think I think there's a, a we're playing around with it. Yep. Um, we're also, I think that we, there's a really important role for micro-credentialing to play in, again, it's that alternative pathways in, mm. creating some new ways into a university education, recognising all of that learning that takes place in every other part of somebody's life, whether it's paid employment, the volunteering they do, the community service they do, the work they do with their own kids, for example. So I think, I think there is a role for micro-credentialing. Um, I think there's still a role for universities. I think universities, though, do need to keep their eye on um, staying relevant and demonstrating their relevance, um, being prepared to adapt and um, think really seriously about what preparing our graduates for the 21st century is going to look like. Um, I think micro-credentialing, though, I think we are going to see it play a pretty strong role in graduate education, mm. particularly around professional training, yeah, upskilling, right. retraining. Mm. Um, it pro it'll provide um, a way, again, it provides great ways to partner, mm. fabulous ways to partner with various employers um, and various other industry groups as well. Denise, it has been an absolute pleasure. I wish um, I could spend a bit more time picking your brains because it's been a uh, uh, really insightful for me and hopefully for uh, all the folks who'll be uh, listening to you down the track. Denise, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.